to you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome once again to Entering Stage Right. I'm D. Paul Thomas, actor and playwright, podcasting from the heartland of America, right here in Indianapolis, Indiana, and joining me all the way from the left coast, but always entering stage right, is my wonderful co-host, actor, director of some of the biggest hits in TV history, Philip Charles McKenzie. A very good day to you, Sir Philip, and how is everything going out in Los Angeles? Well, we have warmed up. So summer has finally <laughs> arrived and we are in, uh, you know, uh, mid-July. Uh, so this, uh, but I'll tell you something, I have to, a, a little story, you know. Uh, you know, people who don't want to have a, um, a pet animal should actually uh, get themselves a, a wisteria plant. Uh, wh- what? Why did I say that? <laughs> Yes. Well, we have, over the years, we've had a beautiful wisteria that grows up just outside my office and uh, and works its way through the uh, trellis and, and, and blooms in the... Um, in the summer times, absolutely uh, fantastically gorgeous, and we had to have it taken all down when we had the house painted this year. We had to just get rid of it, so uh, oh. the trellis and the uh, and the building could be painted. We d- well, we didn't get rid of it. Um, the yeah. the fellow who does our tree trimming, who is just a master, um, cut the main uh, trunk down way further than my wife uh, was uh, expecting, and she was not a happy camper. It was about, you know, two inches above the ground, and she said, he's ruined it, he's ruined it. (laughs) And uh, come, I guess, late May, early June, one day I'm sitting outside, and I hear, hey, 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 look, look, it's it's sprouting. <laughs> so so out of this this thick, totally lopped off trunk was this little beautiful little um, wisteria uh. sprout, and it kept growing and growing and growing, and started working its way with the leaves through the vertical trellis, making its way up. And it's coming back, and then another little one. But the main one, it got to the top of the trellis, and then had to make a a sharp right and a sharp left turn to go down the the horizontal trellis that goes over my office. It's very complicated, but <laughs> we want we wanted to train it. So we took uh, my wife took a piece of uh, string and tied it from one part of this trellis around to the other part of the trellis, and then took the leading edge of the wisteria and just slightly wrapped it around the um the string and it worked (laughs) it worked it's on its way so you know it's a plant and all you have to do is make a suggestion with some string and it'll do what you want it'll go fetch (laughs) (laughs) just like a pet i know that was sort of roundabout but it it was one of these things that was uh, my wife was so upset about it and it but it came back and it came it has come back quite quite beautifully well Pruning, plucking, and feathering uh, does work. You know. It sure does. <laughs> e- 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 that used to work with me when I had hair as well, but yeah, uh, yeah. That's, whole, <laughs> that's another thing. Hey, please, uh, no comparison to me. No, uh, you, I, you, I, you would win the competition. So. 
Well, you know, let's let let's let's go back to one of our favorite topics of California is this mm. uh, the California Task Force to study and develop reparations proposals for African Americans. That's the official title of it. Yes, well, you yes. know, it, it it never ends. If you remember last week, we talked about. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, getting rid of interest on child, um, uh, uh, you know, payments for child support. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this goes along with trillions, of, you know, millions in payoffs, loan forgiveness for, for you know, Every time one reads what is in this uh, uh, task force study, it gets more ridiculous. Well, there's something else going on here. They are working, this task force is working in conjunction big surprise, with the California legislature, which is, we know, is a, a uniparty, one party, uh, basically. And, it, it, you know, they're working in, in, in conjunction with them. Well, there's a Democratic-backed bill making its way through the uh, California Assembly, Bill 852. Mm -hmm. Now, the bill, uh, it, it's it's going through the Senate, and it it went on. It passed uh, in um, in in May, and the me no now the measure is in front of the state Senate. I I, I correct myself. Excuse yes. me. But what it is, it would add a section to the Penal Code of California that has come straight from the task force, straight from the task force, mm -hmm. requiring mm -hmm. courts whenever they have the authority to determine a prison sentence mm -hmm. to quote-unquote rectify alleged racial bias in the criminal justice system by taking into account the race and how historically persecuted minorities are affected differently than others. Mm. So... You know, if 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 you're a white guy and you kill two people, first degree murder, and you're a black guy who kills two people, first degree murder, there's going to be different sentences because of some some perceived uh, uh, slight going back years and mm -hmm. years and years, and and it leads me to something even 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 bigger with this uh, this uh, this task force uh, proposal. It sets. As as ridiculous as each one of the uh, individual parts of it are, it leads me to think that, by the way, this is not, a, it's a very, we are one of the smallest black populations in the country, uh, percentage-wise in California. Right, right, right. We are a majority Latino state. So I'm wondering, so this this task force is setting up literally two complete societies in its mind mm -hmm. that uh from from you name it from soup to nuts the black population in california gets this they get that they get to do this they get to do that they don't have to do this they don't have to do that it's a separate society that they are trying to get right. through and they've got the legislature now my my I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out because there's a lot of political pressure um, against this, and especially, you know, the Latinos in this uh, state aren't going to, I don't think, are going to put up with this, but it, it's really setting up two separate societies. Oh, yeah. And it, it is mind-boggling to me. So uh, that's, uh, that's the latest uh, in our little, yeah, uh, under, our under, little uh, adventure. Under any other name, it's segregation. Absolutely. Seg 
Well, not it's not just separate, but segregation, at least the way some people used to talk about it, was separate but equal, which was nonsense as we know. But this is not separate but equal. This is separate, but 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 we are <laughs> we are what they what they uh, accuse us of being is privileged. You are privileged. You don't have to pay this. We will actually pay you extra money. You won't go to jail. You know. So this is not no, even separate no. but equal. This yeah, is no. this is this <clears throat> is a, a new form of segregation. Yeah. It's exalted well, segregation. The re- yeah, the reparations uh, mission. Uh, it, it, it is endless in terms of its possible applications, and here's just uh, another absurd one. It, it, yeah. it, it, it really goes on and on. I mean, I wish, quite frankly, I had been there, and at least that one aspect of it had been enacted. Golly gee, I paid child support for 21 years, Philip. I, it, and uh, so, you know, who never know? Yeah, I mean, you know. And if you didn't pay, you're, you know, you're going to get out of it, you know, or that's right. That's right. That's yeah, right. But yeah, no, yeah. you know, but 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 you were white, so it it, it wouldn't apply to you. It's, cr- the, new, it's the new rules won't apply to you. Yeah, California. I'll tell you what a crazy state. Yeah. But it's been quite a week all over the nation. Of course, a few highlights, Philip, would be they closed down the cocaine investigation at the White House. I don't know about you. It seemed a rather abrupt investigation. Boom. The doors are shut. No more to be said. No more to be discovered. Thank God it wasn't anthrax, but we do know one thing. It could have gotten in. Could have been right there. It's crazy. But you know what? I don't what? know if you know this. They yeah. they, they had a uh, behind-closed-door session, uh, the uh, Secret Service, with uh, members of Congress, and one of the uh, Congress people came out and said, you know what they were told in that meeting? This is the third time cocaine has been found in the White House. Mm. Third time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it, yeah. it gets yeah. even stranger. But but you know what? It doesn't exist. No. If, oh, know, no. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and they obviously did an incredibly thorough investigation yeah. Yeah. of it. Oh, that yeah. was like 10 minutes, like, oh, it's there, or oh, we found it there. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Yeah, well, they should have had the uh, police department from a Long Island there that uh, took the better part of a decade and a half finding the Gilgo Beach serial killer. Maybe they would have found out who brought the cocaine in. You know, there's yeah. nothing like old tenacity, is there? Uh, you know, <laughs> yes. just, uh, we're not yes. going to give up until you, we do find You uh, grab that bone and you're not going to let go of <laughs> No, us. no. But uh, <laughs> speaking of kind of tenacity, our uh, and this is right in the middle of our wheelbase again on things that have been happening this week. The strike now is in full force with the Screen Actors Guild after the American Federation of Television Artists joining the Writers Guild. First time, by the way, that they have jointly struck together since uh, 1960. Philip, a little quick quiz for you. Do you recall who, during that strike, when again the actors joined with the writers, do you recall who the president of the union was that year? In 1960? Correct. I don't, but I'll guess. Yes. Ronald Reagan. Bingity bing. Bring him the, the, the prize. Exactly. And I was just thinking, 
You know, I'll bet if Reagan were in the middle of this, and I don't know, Fran, uh, what's her name, Fran Dresser? Fran Dresser, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I work yeah, I, oh, I'm sure you've directed nice her lady. work with her. Nice yeah, lady. a nice lady, but something of a borderline hysteric, it seems to me, in these negotiations. And then I was reading what we received from SAG, and I just have to say it, literally, the last thing in the notification to all of us who are members was notice to non-members. Any non-member seeking future membership in SAG-AFTRA who performs covered services for a struck company during the strike will not be admitted into membership in SAG-AFTRA. Seems to me to be slightly punitive. I don't know. Well, and also, uh, I don't think this is getting into the weeds, but, you know, with all this bravado, uh, you know, going on that uh, SAG uh, and uh, SAG after is saying that if an independent um, a production company uh, wants to do a side deal, do it and the actors will work. So, you know, yeah, and we're <laughs> it's, going it's, to... a, it's a complicated, it, 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 you know, some of it is, some of it is very simplistic and some of it is complicated very and listen, much so. it's just, an, it's, 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 it's a long road to go down if we well, were going down that Well, road. we're going to touch on Hollywood a little later in the yeah. uh, episode. So moving right along, right before our main topic, though, I do want to pay homage to your old high school classmate. What was the name of that school again you went to in Brooklyn? What was it called? Fort Hamilton High School. Fort Hamilton High School. One of the most beautiful high schools in the world and one of the most beautiful locations in the world, too. Absolutely. I have no doubts uh, among its illustrious graduates are Philip Charles McKenzie and the great Janet Yellen, who, by the way, I'm assuming there must have been in your senior year an obligatory government class that was entitled Obsequious Bowing to Hostile Foreign Powers, because certainly that was the deportment Janet Yellen showed over in China. Don't you agree? Well, you know, I, 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 will, only defend, <laughs> I will only defend Janet in the sense that we went through uh, junior high, through high school. She was the valedictorian, very lovely lady. Yes. Uh, went on to yes. become more, mostly an academe, and I think when... Um, uh, when when she came into uh, into the position of government, which is political as as a, m more political as opposed to the academic world, that she has been uh, she has uh, she has not not only bowed down to the uh, the uh, the um, uh, head of China, but she she's also bowed down to the the the, the woke administration and uh, is totally. she, she she does exactly what she's told, and that is extremely disappointing. <laughs> culminating with, yeah. as you said, it wasn't just one bow. It was like, it was like, a, what was the old term that people said you couldn't, she was kowtowing, literally bow, bow, yeah. bow, you know, three yeah. or four yeah. bows. And that was extremely disappointing yeah. for someone who's bright and nice, but she's, well, and she's, she's, she's part of the, she's, she's a cog in the wheel of the machine that yeah. runs this country right now. Well said, well said. And perhaps more importantly uh, than any of it is uh, what has captured your attention, Philip. And you have brought it to my attention, and that is recently, and we haven't been able to address it the last couple of weeks, but in the end of June, there was a new important landmark study regarding suicide in transgender people, and it was published, and many of its conclusions confirm certainly what we've been saying and you have been pointing out for uh, the last year or so. Tell us a little bit about it, Philip. 
Well, you know, uh, just a, a, a tiny, a tiny bit of background is the, the, the whole thing of of, of 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 gender affirming, meaning you know, let's take a thirteen-year-old girl and uh, cut her breasts off, or do yep. something to a young boy, and uh, you know, this th- th- this kind of stuff. And 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 much of the reason behind it is that if we don't do this, they will they they will commit suicide. Yeah. Now, Philip, I've lost you. I have lost you. I have lost you, Philip. Now, in a, a Danish study, a, a Danish study uh, that Philip, that, I have uh, to, I have to interrupt you just to let you know that I lost you on my end for about ten seconds. There, can you hear me now? I can hear you, but I want right. our listening audience to know that there was apparently a little technical glitch there. In case you oh. have. A few moments of silence. Uh, okay, well, we'll go back. Uh, l- let me just uh, yeah. re- re- recap for a second. Please. I don't know what our audience has heard, but yeah. uh, f- for the longest time now, uh, if you were anti-affirming, you would be accused of uh, um, aiding and abetting suicide of young people who, if they didn't get their bodies mutilated, uh, that suicide was a huge thing. Well, it turns out that is absolutely a lie. A new Danish uh, landmark study, huge study, uh, finds that suicide rates in psychiatric conditions are much higher among trans-identifying people. They have a trans-identifying people, meaning people who have either gone through the hormones or the physical, you know, uh, 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 destruction, uh, had had a suicide death rate three and a half times higher, and a suicide attempt rate almost eight times higher than people who did not identify as transgender. There were, the study analyzed medical and legal gender change records of nearly 7 million people in Denmark. So this is like a real study, including 30, nearly 3,800 transgender people over, uh, over the last four decades. Now, transgender identifying people also tend to die younger overall, whether by suicide or something else, the, the study found. And and uh, this this uh, the results also suggest that transgender individuals had significantly higher rates of suicide attempts, suicide mortality, suicide unrelated mortality, and all cause cause mortality compared with the non transgender population. Now. You know, our, our, our friend, who I will not give him the, uh, the, 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 the respect of calling him the name he wants to be called, but uh, uh, um, in, in uh, uh, Richard Levine, who, is the, uh, uh, who, who likes to call himself Rachel Levine, recently suggested and has talked about often, he, is, he, he claims he's a woman as well, he has... He has uh, said that uh, he has recently suggested that, I'm sorry, I, I, I just, uh, oh yes, uh, he declared that that these surgeries and synthetic hormone block cocktails have support at the highest levels of the Biden regime and noted these interventions to be literally suicide prevention. And a a post-study discussion portion of the abstract, transgender individuals may be exposed to systematic negativity regarding their trans identity in the form of bullying, discrimination, exclusion, and prejudice. Now, what this tells me 
is that not only is he wrong because this Danish study, which has been extremely uh, um, uh, detailed, but what he is, what he, uh, how he just put this, what he put this is that if people who have gone through this are having emotional, mental, or physical, physical as well, problems, that it's not the fact that they went through that process, but it is us. We are the problem because we say, really? Mutilate yourself? I don't think so, but that makes us haters and makes us unsafe. So they turn it around and fling it in our direction. And this this um, study has, has put the lie to that. And by the way, there are going to be more studies coming out. And we also know from Tavistock in the, the UK last year mm-hmm. and Finland. And, you know, these places have, have been slowing this down and stopping this in Europe because more data is coming out, real data, as opposed to political nonsense from Richard Levine. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's an excellent study. And it deals uh, with the facts, and uh, it uh, provoked my imagination just to revisit that case that we we, we just mentioned her name a few weeks ago, but that of Kayla uh, Lovedahl, the uh, California woman whose breasts were removed when she was 13 years of age. And in revisiting it this morning, uh, she's now 18, and... uh, she quotes that she was pushed to entertain the erroneous belief that she was transgender at age 11 after being exposed to online influencers. And in other words, she was enchanted by people, at least the likes of uh, Dylan Mulvaney, etc., etc., who, by the way, is hiding out in Peru, yelling that he's being persecuted there now. Well, you may you may find yourself uh, wanting to come back uh, to the graces of America. Uh, yeah, per, 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 Peru, Peru's got some different laws than we do, so yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I think he, he, his, his, uh, his travel agent uh, sent him to the wrong <laughs> no, place. I, well, listen, I've spent he might as well send him to Saudi Arabia. I've, I've, I've spent some time there and some time in the Amazon jungles working on a movie, and it can get pretty crazy. Anyway, uh, Kayla has filed the lawsuit uh, in the California State Court against the Kaiser Foundation Hospitals and four doctors. She said that at age 11, when she claimed she was a boy, her parents sought out help from the medical professionals who quickly affirmed the girl's idea that she was transgender. Uh, Kayla is quoted as saying, by the way, she says, Lovedahl, Kayla Lovedahl says she underwent a single 75-minute transition evaluation. This yeah, I, I, I was going to bring that up. We've, we've talked about that before and read that before, that this, this is not uh, uh, as, uh, at the end of some long, uh, long process. It's, uh, it, 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 it could be a Zoom call or a phone call, and bang, you're in the system. Right, and this is the perverse caveat, if you will. By the time uh, she was 12, she was put on hormone blockers, testosterone, and then at 13, her breasts were removed, and this according to her and her family, is what the perverse persuasion of the physicians uh, happened to be. They told the family and the young girl, it is better to have a live son than a dead daughter. 
There you go. The old, the, 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 what do they, they call that? The sword of Damocles. The sword of Damocles. Don't, don't try and solve the problem. Just, just join in and keep and, 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 and actually swing, swing the sword. The, you know, they joined in with swinging the sword of Damocles to, 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 to even further encourage the, uh, this nonsense. You know, I saw something. Uh, this Boy, is these people are irresponsible, Phil. I, I think they're evil. Uh, this is, this is, I, I don't understand this. Uh, you know, I saw yeah, something, uh, briefly, I saw a headline on the, the New York Times this morning on the front page, something about the GOP or somebody is doing something. I don't even know what the subject yeah. was. But ta- yeah. They were talking about how the, how the, how the right gets into the culture wars, you know, and that, that, that the culture yeah. wars are our doing. And I'm saying, wait a second. We are the ones who were involved in the culture wars. I'm not the, we're not the ones who want to, who want to destroy young people. Yeah. That's them, and well, they love it, and they think that's the thing, and that we are the It's almost like we're going back to the, um, the reparations thing, that somehow, uh, and, 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 and Richard Levine, somehow we are the problem, the, the, the yes. folks who, who, see, who see reality and say, well, what are you doing? Philip? Let's get a grip here, folks. Philip, you've given me the prologue uh, right to my PS, which I'm going to move into, because it's the same ethic that is at work and exactly what you just said. So now the anti-human trafficking film Sound of Freedom has come out, and it topped the Indiana Jones film uh, opening weekend, at least in terms of uh, per per theater. It made uh, fourteen. Uh, over $14 million on July 4th weekend. By the way, its total budget was $14.5 million. And after only six days in theaters, The Sound of Freedom has grossed forty over $40 million. And that weekend, it averaged $6,388 per screen, while the Indiana uh, Jones uh, uh, with uh, octogenarian Harrison Ford, Dial of, uh, 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 Dial of Destiny's per screen average was less at 5760 Now, here's the weird thing. The two producers, two good Catholic boys from Mexico, Eduardo Averestegui uh, and Alejandro Monteverde. They said real clearly the purpose of the film was to erase, erase awareness, not erase, folks, to raise awareness about the two million children exploited every year in the international sex trafficking trade. So what has been the response of the left to this. And it's as simple as this, Philip, literally, uh, 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 maybe because Jim uh, uh, Caviezel, who is one of the stars of The Sound of Freedom, and perhaps because of his political uh, persuasions, the left is up in arms about it. They, of course, are nearly uh, panicking because conservatives are making inroads into the culture they consider their turf. So the legacy press has determined that the sound of freedom has been linked to the darkest corners of right-wing conspiracy mongering. The Washington Post, for an example, 
They literally criticized the movie in their headlines, saying, Sound of Freedom is a box office hit whose star embraces QAnon. Rolling Stone had its own hit piece by a writer named Miles Klee, who writes, listen to this one, Philip, the far right turns to these sordid fantasies about godless monsters hurting their children. Philip? What is their problem with the absolute moral clarity of this movie? And even according to the New York Times in their 29 uh, article regarding uh, so many aspects of this, they discovered 45 million online photos and videos of children being sexually abused. The problem is there. It is historic right now in its dimensions. And perhaps what's really ticking them off is at the end of the movie, there's a postscript which appears, which reminds audiences that, quote, there are more humans trapped in slavery today than at any point in history, including when slavery was legal. And yet we know that most of the slavery that is exercising, and we're going back to our California topic with reparations people today, is that which is historic, hundreds of years old, versus what is happening right under our noses and that we can see with our own eyes. Well, yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple of things to uh, respond to. Uh, uh, you know, this this whole thing of the left attacking this uh, some kind of QAnon thing. Well, here here are actual statistics, uh, which, by the way. <clears throat> The legacy media, the corporate media, have talked about in the past, but now they're denying it. Human trafficking is about a $150 billion a year criminal enterprise. 27% yeah. of human trafficking victims are children. These are facts. This isn't a movie. Yeah. Yep. The United States is number one in the world for sex trafficking. Bingity More bing. than half a million children a year go missing in the U.S. alone. <sighs> Over 500,000 online sexual predators are active each day, and this goes on and on. But I want to go back to something uh, that, uh, first of all, I don't even believe the New York Times reviewed the movie. It's like, we've talked about this oh, before, yeah. that the... That the um, Corporate media, if if they don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. But the ones who did this this creep Clee uh, from uh, from uh, from Rolling Stone, talking about uh, this whole QAnon thing, and it, with, just by saying, "Oh yeah, well Jim Caviezel uh, embraces QAnon," and by the way, Caviezel came out the other day and said, "I don't even know what you're talking about." You know, and yeah. also, also, he, here's the thing. You know, nobody knows what QAnon is, but this, it, it, it here's, here's, here's something about how they like to uh, uh, tie in uh, conservatives with QAnon. Now, think about a conservative actually be, being involved with. Uh, well, first of all, here, um, QAnon. Nobody's ever heard of it. Nobody's ever heard of it. But Wikipedia, which is an unbelievably leftist lying site. This is what they say QAnon is. First of all, where it started, who knows? QAnon conspiracy theory 
Is that a cabal of satanic, cannibalistic child molesters are operating a global child sex trafficking ring which conspired against former President Donald Trump? Oh no, Trump, during his term in office. Well, so now you know. Uh, you know what, yeah, uh, yes we do. And, and, and I, I guess conservatives, most of whom are Christian or practicing Jews or, or even... Just, Turning out now, uh, m- more uh, more Muslims who are con- who are conservative, they're involved in satanic cannibalistic beliefs. This, I mean, just the on on its on it on on the face of it, it is it is nonsense. But it's 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 the typical leftist thing is call someone a name. You're a racist. You're a QAnon. You throw you throw the name out, and boy, that's the end of the conversation. Listen, for the, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. I no, I'm just finishing you. up that yep. that that the whole thing of accusing it as being oh, and just by saying that you deny the reality of the. What of what is going on with oh. human trafficking in the world. Philip, this goes all the way back to Hillary Clinton having the interview with her husband who was being accused of uh, uh, Peccadillo in the White House. And what did she and the defense of her man fall back on? This is nothing more than a right-wing conspiracy. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> they, they, they have been pulling that card ad nauseum time and time again. I mean, it's just a classic case of projection. But they are sh- so good at that. They are so good at that, aren't they? Projection. God, but, I'm sorry. But no, just shame, shame on on these periodicals. And I'm talking, yes. Uh, about the Washington Post and the list goes Rolling on and Stone, on, yeah. the Guardian and so forth. We are talking about our precious children that are being abused by the millions. This uh, pervert that they just found on Long Island, one of the one of the early signs that uh, came off, they found child porn on his computer. Chi- children being sexually abused on his computer. So it is this kind of perversity that is infiltrating the mind and the hearts and ergo the behavior of so many people. And shame on you for not supporting and saying, I don't care if the movie is a little hyperbolic, if you feel that way. We need something to stir us as a nation and to put our attention onto it. You know, throughout history, throughout history, you know this, uh, our listeners know this, throughout history, children uh, have been, uh, in many instances, uh, abused and 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 um, exploited. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, from from kids working in coal mines. By the way, what they're doing now in Africa is, you know, the kids are being are slaves. Nine, eight, nine, ten-year-old kids are being slaves to go get the to go get the minerals for our precious electric uh, batteries for cars. So let's not play this game. But but what gets what gets me is that how how can the left the left used to be let's say against children working in. Um, in in coal mines in this country mm. and in uh, and in uh, what they call them sweatshops, the left used to be in the forefront of protecting children, weren't they? Well, now, going back to our 
uh, our, our topic a little earlier in the podcast, of, of wanting to uh, exalt and encourage child mutilation and destruction of childhood and destruction of children's children for the rest of their lives. This is what they stand for now, and at the same time now, all of it, as you just said, or what, what, what child uh, uh, trafficking? It doesn't exist. So everything has been flipped, Deep Paul. Everything has been flipped. Yeah. In the old days, a liberal, which is, let's separate that from a leftist, a liberal was the one who wanted to protect the children. It doesn't seem that way to me anymore. Oh, no, no. And it, it's, it's, it's tragically, sadly not. But Philip, to end up this podcast on a high note, this is the reason, among a confluence of reasons, that so many people are truly waking up and saying, you know, I think it's time for me to change political alliances. You know, I really don't believe Joe Biden when he says, if I don't vote for him, I ain't black. So you have a mutual heroine I want you to tell our audience about, please. We have this lovely lady. Her name is Misha Maynor, and she is a, a Georgia uh, state. She represents the 56th uh, district in the Georgia uh, State House of Representatives, black lady. And on July 11th, she announced she was leaving the Democratic Party to become a Republican member in the Georgia House. Wait, a black woman? Changing to a Republican? Well, you can't do that. And this is what she said. Yeah. Part of her statement. My name is Representative Misha Mayner, and, I, and today I made the decision to leave the Democratic Party. I represent a blue district in the city of Atlanta, so this wasn't a political decision for me. Oh. It, was a, it was a moral one. Mm. I will never... Listen to this, folks. I will never apologize for being a black woman with a mind of my own. And this is what else she said. One of the, mm. re the some of the reasons she left. She said, "When I decided to stand up on behalf of disadvantaged children in support in my in support of school choice, my Democratic colleagues didn't stand by me." In fact, they crucified me. These are her words. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When I decided to stand up in support of safe communities and refuse to re support efforts to defund the police, they didn't back me. They abandoned me. For far too long, she added, the Democratic Party has gotten away with using and abusing the black community. For decades, the Democratic Party has received the support of more than 90% of the black community, and what do we have to show for it? I, Ms. Maynard said, con continues, represent a solidly blue district in the city of Atlanta. And uh, as she said earlier, mm -hmm, this is mm -hmm. not a political decision. It, yes. is a, it is a moral one. Never apologize for being a black woman with a mind of her own. So, so Ms. Maynard, Welcome to the welcome to the light side, <laughs> uh, Misha Maynard of, uh, of Georgia's our uh, hero heroine of the week, and it's a wonderful way to end the podcast on a, on a good up note like that. Amen and amen to Ms. Maynard. Thank you for sharing that with us, Philip. 
But that is it, folks. It is about that time out here to wrap it up. The old school bell always gives us the cue. And uh, so we want to say goodbye to all of our listeners. And in way of reminder, friends, regardless of what is going on in this crazy, topsy-turvy world of ours, we live in a great country because it's a free country. And our intention and your intention, I know, is to keep it that way. Be who you are. Express yourself. And, uh, hey, a little love to your neighbor along the way goes a long, long way. It takes all the rules and regulations and uh, uh, obligations that we uh, would like to ha- that left would like to impose on us out the window. We're living, and we're loving, and we're having a good time. So, till we meet again, this is D. Paul Thomas and Philip Charles McKenzie inviting you, ladies and gentlemen, to join us next week for another podcast of. Entering Stage Right.